0: that?
1: What do you want? In the moonlight, I see him extend his arm and point.
0: You have to
2: cut.
1: What?
0: You have to cut.
1: You're probably wondering who the hell that is. And trust me, I'd love to tell you. Except I don't have a clue. And he's scaring me out of my goddamn mind. I'm Blake Elrich, and this is Out of Sight. Confession time. The reason last week's episode cut out where it did is I wanted to spare you guys the initial anti-climax of what we found inside the satchel.
0: So, that's a lot of paper.
1: That's a lot of paper. Quick recap. Last time on Out of Sight, 50-year coma survivor Godric Pendergast wrote me a note made entirely of a string of numbers. Then he said, Get it. Find it. Before. Call. Nice <and Tradition-like> <sheeribrates>., While all that was happening, Lazeri was back at the Pendergast homestead stealing a big leather satchel marked with the insignia LYS, which, if you're not keeping up, LYS is the same insignia on the letter that was shoved under her hotel room door several weeks ago, the letter that first led us to the disappearing town. It's all connected somehow. We just need to figure out how. So, obviously, we opened the satchel immediately, hoping for a revelation. Instead, we got a big old pile of homework.
0: So any so organizing principle here?
1: I guess... Anything mentioning a hotel? Anything that reminds us of other cases? And, I mean...
0: Anything that mentions either of our names?
1: Yeah. There's receipts and journal fragments and half-finished letters and parts of documents. Most of them are crumpled, and some are faded, barely legible. I honestly think the guy kept every receipt he ever got. A diner in Oregon. An antique store in Maine.
0: Everything but hotels.
1: up, well, I got an LYS insignia here.
0: You are cordially invited to our 16th annual global conference. Location, New York Public Library, Bryant Park, Manhattan. Mm. 29th February, 1948. 1948?
1: So they've been around since 1888?
0: That's just how long they've been having global conferences. Who knows how long before that?
1: Picking through Godric Pendergast's satchel is amazingly slow-going, with very few answers along the way. Mainly in what's emerging is a portrait of a man who spent his life constantly traveling, constantly searching for... something. We're trying to organize everything, but it's challenging. Nightfall
0: by Isaac Asimov. He's got the whole story here. A diagram of Tesla's coil. He doodled the all over it. Why, though? No idea. Check yeah. it out. A flyer a, a, a medium in Rhode Island. That's kind of cool. Ticket Tick stub. Arlington Museum. Special exhibit of East Indian artifacts. Looks old. Where, Where do we file ticket stubs?
1: Take your pick. Put it with receipts or the history articles.
0: Maybe, maybe we'll find more ticket stubs. stubs.
1: This is getting ridiculous. It's a hundred different and as far as I can see, the only thing that connects any of this stuff is how often the letters L-Y-S pop up.
0: Alright, grumpy.
1: Here's the thing. You hit a point after spending a critical mass of time and energy on a single task when you just stop being productive. I'm at that point. I'm over that point. And it's not that Laz doesn't know that. It's just... She wants to be seen again. Remembered again. And if just one piece of paper in that satchel gets her one inch closer? The fourth night, she didn't sleep. I kind of lost it.
0: Laws, are you serious? Look at this.
1: That's the exact same position you were in when I went to... It's not good for you. You're not going to be at able it. to-
0: It's, it's part, a part of, of a letter. letter. I, I want you to read it for the mic, mic so we don't have to process it all later in my voice. I mean, am I wrong?
1: Tell me how it works. Does being immortal mean you don't have to sleep? Because I'll leave it alone. Read it, Blake. <sighs> they tell me you're somewhere in Missouri that's hundreds of miles away. I know your work is important to you, but do you realize you've been gone for three months this time? You're so focused on the unknown and the work assigned to you that it blinds you to everything else. You forget you have a wife at home who loves you, a wife, I might add, who is about to have your first child. Do you think of us while you are off hunting your artifacts and your entities? Don't you worry you will miss the birth of your first daughter? I love you, Godric. I don't say any of this to make you guilty. I just want to remind you that what awaits you at home has value too. Your wife, Lily. June 1st, 1960.
0: Lily well, must, must be Emily's, Emily's grandma, grandma, right? When to host, host those host weird guys at Christmas, Christmas for Christmas years after Godric,
1: Godric went under? Laz. Okay. It's interesting. It fills out the picture. Great. But does it actually tell us anything about Godric?
0: Hunting for your artifacts and your entities. In Missouri. Right? We know he travels
1: around probably chasing fucked up paranormal. Whatever! Learning that for the 19th time isn't worth killing yourself over.
0: Compared to what? <gasps> Compared to what? For me?
1: I'm not saying stop. I'm saying let's take a breath, clear our heads, come back to the satchel without our eyes rubbed raw.
0: And you what in the meantime, stream friends? Do what we do, work a case.
1: I'll forward you my best recent emails. You can pick anywhere within a couple hundred miles.
0: I am really tired. I know. Really fucking tired. I know you are. Okay. Let's see
1: what we got. Which is how we find ourselves in New Mexico, parking the RV in front of the home of Nick Araboa. So we're just outside of Las Cruces, New Mexico. It's a warm Sunday afternoon, and we're approaching a huge white stucco mansion.
0: Spanish mission style, maybe.
1: Are you? Blake Elrich. This is my producer, Lazeri. Nick's a tall Native American man in his mid-40s. Gaunt and serious. Faded old suit and cowboy hat. Hair down to his shoulders. His dark eyes are ringed with dark circles.
2: His home, on the other hand. This is beautiful. It used to belong to my mother. I take a lot of pride in its upkeep. Like it's a piece of her I could still cherish.
0: You can really tell.
2: Plus, uh, I should probably say up front... I'm agoraphobic. I can't really go outside. So this house is where I always am. Might as well make it a pleasant experience.
0: And on the flip side, if you start seeing unexplained phenomena... I-
2: exactly. I'm the man who's too scared to leave his haunted
1: house. Nick pours us each a glass of wine in his spacious kitchen.
2: Are we the first people you've talked to about this? No friends, no family? I haven't really... I guess it's a combination of my phobia, my personal preferences, and some complicated history. But I haven't really maintained a lot of those relationships, so... Hey, I
0: know we haven't talked in a while. Can you help me catch a ghost?
2: Which would be particularly awkward, since some of them are the ghosts.
0: Like living ghosts?
2: Do you mind following me? It might make it easier if I walk you through
0: it.
1: Nick leads us to a sun porch with huge picture windows looking onto the backyard. Outside, his yard is washed in sunlight, completely surrounded
2: by high stucco walls. I've learned every inch of this house, every minute detail. I've scrubbed every brick and swept every hallway. I feel I know its pulse, and it knows mine. But in recent months, it's like that pulse has changed, like the rhythm went off, like it developed palpitations somehow. I would wake up in the morning, eat breakfast, and feel sure, at some level, that I am not in my home. Must be an awful feeling. It went on for weeks. That feeling, that like a sign. But it was just the beginning. You see through this window here? Sure. One night, I walked onto this porch and saw a cat in the backyard through this window. You saw a cat, like a bad omen? No, or? no, no. <sighs> Sorry. Catherine... Cat, My ex-wife. Gotcha. Standing right there. I didn't even recognize her at first. I had my phone out to call the police when I realized it was her. How could she possibly be here? Yeah. It felt like a nightmare. Backyard. Moonlight. cat just standing there. Her long black hair, her eyes. and... And the closer I got, the weirder she looked. I couldn't put my finger on it. I got up close to her, and I said, Cat, honey, you okay? And when she didn't say anything, I said, Cat, honey, you're scaring me. And the second those words left my mouth, she opened her mouth really wide, and she just screamed at me. Like words, or? No words, just a scream, but it sounded wrong.
0: Wrong hound.
2: You know what it reminded me of? A a red fox when it's defending its territory. You can hear those out here sometimes. They sound more human than animal. Jesus. It knocked me off my feet. Just the sound alone knocked me to the ground. And I blacked out. Woke up in my bed the next morning like nothing had happened. Awful headache though. Now was it definitely
1: cat or... Or... Isn't there a legend in some Native American cultures about, like, a witch who wears the skins of animals and impersonates people? Or is that... wrong? I, I only know what I've read All right, All right, that.
2: There's some things we don't talk about in my culture. And you shouldn't either. Talking about them draws eyes. Oh, shit. Sorry. Forget I asked. Uh, to answer your question, it probably wasn't cat.
0: Probably
2: wasn't I-, I skyped her the next morning and she was still in Michigan showed me the snow through her window She couldn't possibly have made the trip in time But watching her face on my laptop screen helped me realize what I hadn't the night before Cat's my age But when I saw her out in my yard that night, she was the same age. She was when I first met her a girl Whoa. so At that point, don't you just chalk it up to a bad dream, or... Oh, I did. For about a day. But then it kept happening. She came back? Not just Cat. Other people as well, all around the house. And not ghosts either. Real, solid people. Most of them are people I know, or I used to know. Nearly all of them mutual friends of Cat and me. From a while back, sure. But still alive and well. I'll catch sight of them down a hall, or or through a window, coming out of a room, but I can never get close enough to ask them why. They walk way too fast, or I'll get a sudden headache and close my eyes, and when I open them, they're gone. But not before I get a look at some of their faces. And they're always the same. Same how? They're all so angry. Let's go upstairs. I want to show you something on the third floor.
1: You always picture haunted houses gathering dust and cobwebs, but the whole way to the third floor, we don't see so much as a speck out of place.
2: It usually starts with the sound. Uh, often when I'm downstairs, I'll hear things up in my room. Sometimes it's the television. Uh, game shows, characters talking, sound effects. But by the time I check, the damn thing's always off. Okay, this is the top floor. So at that end of this floor is the spare room where you'll be staying if you still want to spend the night. That'd be ideal, thank you. And that room at the other end is the bathroom, right? So I was cleaning the spare room down there when I suddenly heard the shower running over there. And when I ran to check, the door was locked from the inside and I could hear someone in the shower kind of humming to themselves.
0: Christ.
2: I didn't really get scared for some reason. I was pissed off. Who the hell was in my house? using my shower. So I kicked the door down. And that was an expensive fix, let me tell you. But there was no one in here. No trace that anyone ever had been, except that the shower was still running. Creepy. Let's make one more stop. The basement.
1: Whatever Nick wants to show us in the basement, I can tell from his body
2: language that this is what scares him the most. And on top of all of that, they started moving things. Like your belongings? It, It was subtle at first. Things most people wouldn't even notice, but I'm meticulous, or fussy, or anal, depending on which of my former loved ones you ask. But I really feel like everything has its place. It used to make Cat crazy. Wish. So when they started putting wine glasses in the library, or leaving half-smoked cigars in the ashtray, or open books on my desk, I noticed. And it keeps happening.
1: Nick leads us down one last flight of stairs, descending into a forbidding darkness, which
2: is somewhat mitigated by the sight of a washer and dryer at the bottom. You see this? The light switch is at the bottom of the stairs, so either way you're going, you always have to take the stairs in the dark. It's a shitty design, but it's normally not a problem since I know it by heart, until about three weeks ago. That's about when you emailed me. This was the night before. I was heading upstairs with a load of clothes, I turned off this switch here, walked up these stairs in the dark, but about halfway up I felt like I was being watched. I don't know what got into me. Usually I just ignore it run up the stairs. But I stopped. I looked back down and something was crouching by the washing machine. That space right there between the machine and the wall. Something... Someone. Small. Kinda skinny. Crouched down, hunched over, I just stood on those stairs for a long time, trying to work out what the hell I was looking at. A pile of clothes? But I would never leave a pile of... And then it started rocking back and forth, moving just slightly in the darkness.
0: What did you do?
2: I should have run, right? But I just sort of fell back onto the stairs and sat there, watching it. I couldn't get whatever it was in focus. I made out some details. It was bald, uh, the edge of a coat. And then, I think I heard it gasp. And it's like that broke a spell. I scrambled down the stairs, turned the light on, and... Nothing. Just empty air.
0: Oh, (laughs) fuck that.
2: (laughs) And then I emailed you at sunrise. I can't believe you can still sleep here. I can't. Really. But what else can I do? Right. Of course. Unless you can help me.
1: Okay, so we're getting ready to crash in Nick's spare bedroom. I'll probably hit the sofa. Let Laz have the bed. I just don't know that there's anything we can actually do for him, which sucks. I've been watching sleep deprivation ravage Lazeri for days, but this guy's looking at, I mean, the rest of his life, right? But maybe we can at least get a look at the phenomenon and tell him he's not crazy. Or that he is. Which one's worse?
0: i uh, out for, for my stuff. stuff. Met Nick all over again on the way in.
1: Okay, Laz. He
0: confirms that every apparition he's seen, besides Besides the bald guy in the basement, is someone he used to know who's definitely still alive and living far from New Mexico. Mexico.
1: That's great. I appreciate you checking on that, but Laz.
0: Yes, Blake, I have this satchel. Listeners at home, I have this satchel. Look,
1: I know I'm not the boss of you. I'm just worried.
0: I won't go through it, I promise. We tonight. tonight. We when Nick talked up, about his stuff getting moved around, around. I just—I want it
1: next to, to me. We leave the recorder on in case we catch anything while we're sleeping. But around 3 a.m., a noise wakes me up. I've gotten so used to that sound Lazeri rooting through Pendergast's satchel—that my first emotion when I wake up in the middle of the night is exasperation. Is <sighs> for real? Are you kidding me right now? Blink. And all it takes is that one word for my irritation to vanish. Because that one word is coming from the bed where Lazari is. And the sound of papers rustling in the satchel is coming from across the room.
0: We're not alone.
1: Nick? Are you in here?
0: I don't think it's Nick. Fuck. Is that a lamp?
1: And... Nothing. In the lamplight, we see clearly that it's just me and Lazari in the room. No third party. Laz jumps out of bed to grab Pendergast's satchel and finds one piece of paper lying next to it. Was that from inside the satchel? What is it, Laz? Laz, what's wrong?
0: You need to read this out loud.
1: Okay, so it's a document in Godric's satchel, handwritten, maybe an excerpt from a journal or field notes. It kind of picks up in the middle of a sentence, so I'll just... The past three years of research, we haven't learned much more about the artifact than our predecessors. Because its true name is lost to us, we have named it the Quantum Origin Redaction Apparatus, or Q-O-R-A. Or maybe Cora. Though many of our peers considered a simple myth, we have reason to think the Korra exists. If the information gathered from LYS logs is to be believed, the Korra has the power to erase perception and memory. We call this process redaction. When used, the Korra renders a person or object unnoticeable to any person who interacts with it in the case that someone does interact with the redacted object any memory of the interaction is erased immediately afterwards however and this is crucial to our current goals we hypothesize that the redacted items and concepts are not destroyed they still exist in the physical world and the kora simply renders them unnoticeable and deletes all memory of the object which strongly suggests the possibility they may be retrievable. I guess. I guess. Can you find a safe place to, not back in the satchel?
0: Yeah, I got it. Laz? You know, I'm just, um, I haven't had much sleep. And, um. It's
1: okay if you need to. It's all
0: information, right? It's. It's just data. And, uh. We're gonna take it step by step.
1: We don't know for sure that this Korra thing is what was used on you. Maybe it's just something Godric. What the hell is that? What? Listen. It's from downstairs. Laz and I follow the sounds of chanting down to the second floor balcony that overlooks the main foyer. Quietly, not wanting to draw attention, we look over the railing. What the hell? Below us in the foyer, they're chanting, shoulder to shoulder in a circle, not unlike that cult of the hole in Seattle. One guy holds a small sword and draws shapes in the air before him. Candles glow on the ground between them. Some of them are holding books, but one thing they don't look like is ghosts. They're too detailed, too real and solid. They honestly look like a bunch of jerks who've snuck in to mess with an agoraphobic man's mind, which is why I do the stupid thing I do next. Lazeri, call the cops.
0: What? Hey!
1: As one, the entire group turns to look up at the railing at me. Every single one of them looks absolutely furious, like I'm interrupting something deeply important, and they're ready to murder me for it. Shit. The man with the sword points it at me while the rest of the group stays still, watching me with predatory eyes. I look closer at the swordsman's face until it dawns on me. Nick! This man is probably 20 years younger than the one who showed us around his house this afternoon. But otherwise, he looks exactly the same. I back away from the railing and run around the corner to the stairs, determined to catch the group and prove to myself that they're real. But when I get to the top of the stairs... All I see is an empty entrance hall. Somehow, in a matter of seconds, over a dozen people vanished. Blink. They, they were just.
0: I didn't call the cops.
1: I guess, good call. We go down to the foyer and search it completely. All the chanters are gone, but they left things behind. A metal sensor with pungent burning incense sits on a little side table. On the ground are three extinguished candles and a little bell. The sword, the books, everything else is gone. I mean, if they come back, that's one thing. But short of that... Unless
0: you want to confront Nick now?
1: Nah, it'll keep till morning.
0: And I guess... is, there is there any point, point in trying to sleep? sleep? Or... Jesus. It was Harry.
1: Oh, fuck. In the shadows, in the corner of the room, just barely clear enough to make out, someone's there. Someone hunched over, crouched, swaying, side to side. I can just make out the top of a bald head.
0: What is that?
1: What do you want? In the moonlight, I see him slowly extend his arm and point.
2: You have to cut. What?
1: Christ. The bald man hunches back over himself for a long minute, rocking. We watch, holding our breath. And then he lurches out of the shadows, scuttling towards us. I get a glimpse of his face, eager, sick. I throw myself in front of Lazari, but when we look around, he's gone. The following morning, over coffee and eggs, I play Nick the recording of the chant. I think it's maybe time for you to stop holding out on me.
2: What makes you think I know anything about this? Because younger you was there. Sword and everything. Who else?
1: There was an older guy, uh, a younger guy with blonde, spiky hair, a a lady with long black hair. Yeah, that's Cat. Gotta be. And I'm gonna guess that you, Cat, and every other friend you've seen lurking around your house lately
2: were all into some serious shit about two decades ago. Sound right? The scene you described... It's familiar, though I don't remember the ritual being interrupted by a man from the future. What were you all doing? They were mostly cats' friends. They lived with us for a while, many months. She was the one who was really into it. I tried to be into it because I was so into her. We did a number of rituals here, and we weren't terribly responsible about any of it. Occult stuff? Yeah, witchcraft. What specifically? What were you guys doing? Look, there were a lot of things. I can't possibly... I saw
1: how you jumped when I pressed play. You remember this one.
2: My understanding... What I was told... was that the intention was to evoke a spirit, supposedly of tremendous perceptive powers, to do our bidding. Didn't work. Yeah, it did. At least, it opened one hell of a door. Maybe just a crack, Over the years, it slowly creaked open. Why didn't you tell me any of this yesterday? I guess I, I was just trying not to think about those things at all. But the truth is, I'm glad I didn't tell you. Why? Because you saw something I didn't tell you about in advance. So I know it's real. And now I know what all this is. My actions, the things I've done... They've worn the barriers between past and present so thin that in this house, they're basically one realm. It's not Kat's fault. I did this to myself. And knowing that, I think I can keep living here now, which is a blessing because I surely do love this house. Something here might have pointed out a path to me. What if it leads me to something that can help you? Then come back and tell me about it. I'd love to hear. I just can't guarantee that I'll want to take advantage. This might just be where I belong.
1: When I get back to the RV, I find Lazari gently probing the outside of Pendergast's satchel with her fingers. Uh, Laz, want to clue me in? What,
0: what did the bald guy say?
1: You have to cut for what you want.
0: And what was he pointing at when he said it?
1: I thought me, but...
0: Me too. But you were standing right next to the satchel shit
1: here and with that lazari pulls out a knife and cuts into the outer lining of the satchel revealing a hidden compartment in one side a compartment someone went to a lot of trouble to keep secret but thanks to whatever found its way into nick's house whatever it is this otherworldly creature we uncovered it
0: so am i picking it up or are you
1: Out of Sight, created by Reflector Entertainment, produced by Gideon Media, written by Jessica Kincaid, directed by Jordana Williams, and starring Jorge Cordova and Reina de Corsi. The executive producer is Alexander Amancio. The IP producer is Alexis Otier. sound design by Bart Fassbender, music by Yuchiro Oku, and additional writing by Mac Rogers. The executive producer for Gideon Media is Sean Williams. This episode also features Nat Cassidy, James Foster Jr., and Derek Garza.